since we are not a society and a culture that has servants and slaves, it's pretty difficult to understand the second part of today's gospel. What's important to realize is, uh, is that it's good that the, that the apostles have asked Jesus, increase our faith. What Jesus' response is, he's basically saying <clears throat> in so many words, you have faith. Even if you have little faith, that little faith that you have is very powerful. Use it. So that's our homework. How can you use your faith? Because this world needs your faith. I would guess that there are people who, uh, who, who look at you and say, I wish I had your faith. So the more that we show our faith in our actions, even, even by just people, maybe your neighbor seeing you going off to church, that has impact on people. So use the faith that you have been given. The second reading kind of goes more into that. Um, and it says basically don't be ashamed of it. Be prepared to share your faith with, with others because it has power, great power to transform and change the world. Now, uh, somebody reminded me uh, last week that uh, the time I was, I was here before, last, last week, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I promised that I would, I would finish uh, the story of my vocation. Uh, <clears throat> how uh, the little faith I had, as you will probably see, the Lord can work with that. If we have, but we have to have faith first. Now you need to know, uh, just to, uh, for those of you who were not here for that particular um, story, it was the, the story of how I encountered, uh, or I should, perhaps it's better to say, how the Holy Spirit encountered me. And uh, <clears throat> you are, you might recall that uh, <clears throat> you need to know that uh, I was in the seminary for 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 ten years. I started out. Uh, right out of eighth grade, because in those days, they wanted to form you in, in high school. Now, those seminaries don't exist anymore. <clears throat> but I went all the way through for 10 years. It's, it's normally 12 years, but after 10 years of seminary where I was uh, closed down. So I, I, uh, I left for, uh, for a while. I was still, I left the door open to go back. Uh, in fact, I visited a couple of seminaries, but I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm called to married life. So some of you might recall, I asked two women to marry me. And they first, they, both of them gave me the same answer. No, you're meant to be a priest. Now, uh, I know, I, 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 I didn't listen. Okay. I know my head is so hard could probably etch glass, but the Lord was consistent and persistent. And so, so I was out for those seven years, and at the end of the seventh year, there was a woman who proposed to me. And I said, uh, I wasn't prepared for that. I, I went, uh, let me get back to you on that. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the way she proposed was, are we going to get married or what? Is that a proposal? I guess so. Anyway, so I said, so I need some time to think. So I was thinking about it, weighing the pros and cons. And I had decided, mm, I, think I, I think I will. I think I'll get married. 
So I had just made the decision. The next day, I woke up in the morning, and uh, just, a, just a regular morning. I remember it was sunny outside. And I was sitting on the edge of my bed, and I felt something inside of me that I was not alone, that there was a presence in the room. And I, and I looked to the, my left in this corner of my room, and I felt there was a, not only a presence, but it was a good presence, beneficent presence. And then I heard a voice speak. Now, um, I've, I've learned, I learned many things through this experience, that the Lord doesn't need our ears. So we need him because we're human, mortals. But the Lord speaks directly to the heart, and it's very clear. And that uses more than words, too. So I heard the word very clearly coming from the corner. It said, said my name, Armando. I want you to return to the seminary. And my response, I've been there, done that. <laughs> uh, but one thing that uh, you need to know is that I hadn't told nobody when I was deciding whether I, I was going to get married or not. Uh, I had two reasons why I would not, I had decided not to return and, and, and get married. Two of these because uh, when, I was, when I was at uh, Gonzaga, I, I majored in art. And it, it, it was, I wanted to be an artist. Since I remember since kindergarten, that's what I was wanted to do. So that's what I loved. And the other thing that I loved was music. Those two things. And I had told myself that if I become a priest, I'm going to be too busy to do the two things that I love. That was the reason I had it. And nobody knew that, but Jesus did. So what, what happened at that point, this is another thing I didn't know. Jesus can show you pictures of pictures. In this case, it was two still pictures. One picture was of me standing in a room with, with uh, artwork all behind me, drawings that I had done. Okay, so, so, I, so I took that as Jesus saying, it'll be okay, trust me. You'll be able to do what you love, even as a priest. So that faded. And then another one, another picture showed up. And it was, it was a picture of me on a stage with a bunch of musicians. We're playing music, and there's a big crowd out there several hundred people out there. He showed me that, and then that disappeared. And I thought, okay, I get it. You'll make sure that you're with me. But I wanted to make sure, so I said, okay, Lord, I will return to the seminary, but I got two conditions you got to fulfill. <laughs> I said, one of them is, I, I want you to show me signs that you're with me, that, you're, that you have not, that, that you're with me and, and that you're there. I don't want you to abandon me. Okay. So I need you to show me that you're with me. Secondly, um, I had heard, I had read about uh, experiences uh, uh, of that, that um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta had had, situations where she did not feel the presence of the Lord. And now this made uh, international news when she, when she wrote a book uh, on this. She said, it's called The Dark Night of the Soul, where she felt alone. That God was not with her, and I and, and some people call it a desert experience. I said, Lord, if you pull one of those on me, I'm out of there because <laughs> I I need you with me. And the response that came back, I'll never forget. He said, Do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> and then it vanished, and it was so clear and vivid that I went to the phone and I called my parents. 
but I call them separately because they're divorced. And they, they, both, they both said, think, oh, very good. They were very happy. The third person I called was the girlfriend. And uh, she answered the phone. I said, we need to talk. And she said, you're leaving me, aren't you? I guess women know these things, I guess. And I said, uh, I'm not going to do this over the phone. We'll meet tomorrow night. And I'll tell you what's, what, I, what I decided. The fourth call I made was to the archdiocese, the vocation director. And we were working on a, I was working with young adults at that time, and I was in charge of the music for the young adult conventions. We were planning the uh, uh, peace mass, and he was going to be the, the, the main celebrant. So I went to see him, and I, and I called him up. He thought I was, gonna, I was there for planning the mass, and so we planned the mass, and afterwards I didn't leave. And he said, Are we aren't we done here? And I said, no, actually no, we're not. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, it's the reason I came here. He says, well, I thought we heard a plan of mass. He said, no, I'm here because I want to turn myself into the authorities. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, I want to present myself if you will take me to be a priest of the Archdiocese of Seattle. And he goes, whoa. He knew that I'd been in the seminary already 10 years. So he said, well, I think maybe I'd be able to uh, speed it up a little bit for you. Where do you want to go? He said, Catholic University of America, Washington, D.C. He goes, so he's kind of in a daze. He goes, oh, okay. So he walks over to his file, and he brings out the, the paperwork. Um, this ha was happening, this happened right before, uh, uh, right before Easter. And I told the pastor, and of course, he was very happy. By August, I was on a plane to Washington, D.C. <clears throat> now, uh, I was ordained in 80, 86, and a few years went by, and uh, the second parish that I was assigned to was a. Uh, there was a. Uh, uh, I was I was um, celebrating mass, and I noticed that the, the the there were it was a group of musicians. And I thought, you know, they would make a they would make a good uh, bluegrass band. <laughs> and so I asked them. I says, I would like to form a bluegrass band, but a, a gospel bluegrass band, because I had been to the I've been. Uh, just you know, jamming at the folk life festival for many years, and uh, I said, I said uh, <clears throat> because I would w I would walk through there because there's a little part called, they call Bluegrass Hill there where I would practice with my friends and stuff. And uh, but on the way to there, there was all these uh, crystals and tarot cards, and I thought, hey, they're here. Where's the Lord? We need the gospel here. And so it just happened that I was I was practicing. Somebody comes up after we I was we said a few tunes, and somebody said, "Hey, uh, uh, what stage are you guys playing at? I'm gonna I want to catch your act later." And I said, "Oh, I, I didn't even know these guys. They're from all over the place. I haven't even met them yet." But one thing about bluegrass is you're playing, and people just start joining in with different instruments. And um, and they said, "Well, you guys should be on stage somewhere." So I looked back there, and I looked, hmm. Was a, it was the bluegrass stage back there. I said, well, where's the shot? I mean, okay. So, uh, uh, so I formed this band, and we were practicing. And uh, I, I said, uh, would you guys like to play there? He goes, they said, well, yeah, but it's kind of hard to get in. There's 600, 600 bands that, that, that are allowed in to play. So I said, uh, well, you know, what we've got to lose. So I sent my application in. And... Uh, Got the rejection letter. Thank you for applying to the Folk Life Festival. We already have our 600 uh, 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 musicians that we have chosen. And uh, feel free to apply next year. So I went to practice that night. I said, okay, the pressure's off. We can just play for fun now. 
Well, the following day, I got a call, and it was a guy by the name of uh, Paul DeBarros. He says, hello, this is, uh, is, father, is Father Armando Guzman there? I wasn't going to argue with the pronunciation. I said, I know that, uh, he says, I'm, the, I'm in charge of the Folk Life Festival this year, and I want to know if your band can play this year. The name of the band, by the way, was, is, was called The Priest and the Publicans. The, they named it. I, 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 can, I can never think of good names for bands. But uh, they, uh, the a publican is uh, the old translation. Some of you might remember the old translation uh, for a tax collector in, in the Bible. They've changed it now. They've gone, it's, it's now it's uh, you know, tax collectors. So I said, well, I need to talk to the band. He goes, no time for that. We're going to press in two hours. I said, yeah, put us on. Now, I hope you notice that this is the way the, the Lord works, is what I, I've learned. The Lord uh, makes you sweat a little bit because the Lord knows that you've got to activate your faith, okay? You've got you to say over and over again, Lord, I trust in you whenever you're stuck. So I say that because uh, we, uh, we went and we got a slot. Now, the best slot, any of you who have been to the Folk Life Festival, is 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And that's the, uh, the spot that we got. Because we, we were invited back 20 years. We played for 20 years. Uh, because I think they thought we were kind of different and unusual. And uh, every, every other time we played was not as good as that. We, got, we, we were one pl place where there's nobody was there. We were in a beer garden. There's hardly anybody there. Uh, the, the drums were starting to fill up with rain. But, but this is to show and illustrate that when God, through Jesus Christ, does something, will give you more than what you asked for. Okay? So we made a sweat first, and then we got that call from the, the guy who was in charge. Played at 3 o'clock, and it was packed. Okay? Anyway, so there was a, I didn't know this, but there was a, uh, a photographer there from the Northwest Progress. You remember the newspaper, the Northwest Progress? Somebody, somebody sent me this uh, because, uh, they, 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 because um, our band appeared on the front page of the Northwest Progress. The, uh, this is, and this was, in the, this was the second time, not the first time, see? So the Lord was giving you twice. This is the second time we appeared in the paper. The first time, uh, it wasn't on the front page. The second time, it was there. And it took me a while before I realized, hold it. That's the picture he showed me. And I made the connection. Oh, wow. Now, is there anybody here who has a, a particular devotion to Mother Teresa? Anybody? You all know who I'm talking about, right? Anyway, she's celebrating her 25th anniversary here. So no, anybody have a particular, besides me, has a devotion to Mother Teresa? Oh, you over there. Joanne, right? Well, um, Remember that other picture you showed me? I was standing in front of a bunch of drawings. Well, I not only had one art show, I had two. They just came upon me. One of them I, I actually did plan because I, my mother was sick and I wanted to raise money for her, so I uh, auctioned off some of my artwork. Uh, anyway, so there was a... Uh, I did a, a drawing because I majored in art at Gonzaga. And... Uh, I, uh, I, the drawing's about this, about this large, and um, I was at a parish when we were celebrating her, uh, when she was first canonized. And uh, so I put it in the church, and somebody said, you know, we like that drawing. 
can we make cards out of it? I said, sure. So here, I have a copy here of the cards, uh, of the card, of the drawing that I did. So Joanne, I want you to give you, I want to give you this. You can come up here and get it. I figure there is a, somebody who is devoted to, to Mother Teresa, they should have this drawing. There's a prayer in the back. It's a prayer that uh, Mother Teresa has in, keeps in her house in India that has um, a prayer by uh, John Cardinal Newman that she has everybody pray. So anyway, so th those, those cards are uh, in about two weeks will be on, on sale at the St. James um, bookstore. A reminder that not only did Jesus fulfill his promises, for those who have even just a little bit of faith and who exercise your faith, I hope you get that message. I want to, uh, I want to end with this. Uh, probably one of my, one of my uh, five favorite uh, quotes by St. Augustine of Hippo. This is what he said. He said, to fall in love with God, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance to seek God is the greatest adventure. And to find God is the greatest human achievement.